quick scouts phoned about the humidor. And pick your milk for breakfast cereal, Mount Rushmore. They'll be there for you. There's a non-zero chance. What's going on, everybody? It is Tuesday, July 3rd. Who's excited? Is there a better holiday than July 4th? I mean, it is just a freaking best. USA! I like it. How can anybody not like that intro, right? I like the crowd. July 4th. I love July 4th. I can't Would wait. Would like to know why? Why? Oh, it's your birthday. Oh, it's Chris's yeah, birthday. Yeah, Adam, thanks. Thanks for remembering. And Heath is so disgusted by it that he has taken he off his headset just, and he left, left the room. I don't know what happened there. But he didn't say anything. <laughs> uh, I assume he'll be back shortly. In, in the meantime, Chris and Adam will uh, will figure this out for you. Hey, listen, we have got a bonus show for you tomorrow, a 4th of July mailbag, which will be recorded Tuesday afternoon. But make sure you listen to that because we're going to have some fun with fan graphs and grade more trades. There will be grade the trade later today. Uh, happy birthday, Eve, Chris. Thank you. You know, Thank I got a couple of, got a couple of beefs with you from the podcast you hosted last week. Okay, great. Not going to bring them up yet. I will get to them. Good. I, I will swat them down. In a little bit. All right, you know what? Oh, he's I've got, I've got some beefs with you. What did I do? Your crappy Aerosmith Guns N' Roses takes yesterday on the football podcast, both of you. Wait, for, we didn't talk about Aerosmith on the football yes, podcast. Yes, you did. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. You, you just talked about... You talked about it on some podcast that I listened to yesterday. Uh, I Guns N' Roses. I don't think that's yeah, true. Oh, that's right. You talked about Guns N' Roses. Your Guns N' Roses takes were terrible. Yeah, we don't really I, like Guns N' Roses that much. We like a few. I, know. I don't really whoa, like whoa, you guys whoa, that whoa, much. Whoa, whoa, we, whoa. We I don't. never said I didn't like Guns N' Roses. I said... No, you said you didn't like them that much. Yeah. I, that's, said, I said I am not like a huge Guns N' Roses guy, but they have several songs from the mid-80s that are just phenomenal. That, I agree. I completely agree. Now, Monday's standouts. Let's talk baseball. No. Francisco Lindor. I'm just going to start with Francisco Lindor. He is now... The number three hitter in points, number two in Roto, behind uh, Mike Trout in Roto in points, behind Jose Ramirez in points. Francisco Lindor hit two home runs, drove in seven runs. He's on pace for 144 runs this year, guys. Uh, we have talked about Jose Ramirez entering that top four or five in drafts now. Is Francisco Lindor also there? Uh, no, not for me, but he is definitely a borderline first-round pick now. That's it, huh? He's not a clear-cut first-rounder? No, and part of the problem that I have, and this is going to sound weird again, but we talked about positions a little bit. Like, there are there are a ton of good, young shortstops. And I can't say definitively that over the next year, I think Francisco Lindor is going to be better than Manny Machado. I can't say that I think he's going to be better for sure than Carlos Correa. I will say uh, he is either whether you want to do on pace or just take like what he's done so far and just put in like projections on top of that. Carlos Correa has never had a season this good. Oh, no. Manny Machado has never had a season this good. No? No. That's, that's I mean, true. Cur- Based on pace, which I, I don't think he's going to do this, but on, he's on pace for 45 homers and 144 runs and any steals, 110 RBI and 20 steals. Any like, steals, yeah. I mean, and it, even if you just do projections, if you just take, if you go to fan graphs and just take what he's done and add on the steamer projections for the rest of the season, you get to 37 homers, which I think is Manny Machado's career high. No, he's, 123 uh, oh, you're runs. Right. You're right. Sorry. 98 RBI. 18 stolen bases and like a 295. But he's due for a cold streak. No, I, even out. obviously. I mean, you know he's due for. So he's not gonna score 144 runs. Um, but uh, he he's incredible. Francisco Lindor is incredible. And uh, is he your number one shortstop rest of season? He is not currently. Manny Machado is. Would you rather have Trey Turner and Roto? I need to make that change. I'd have to say no. All right. All righty. Um, I got a lot of standouts, but I'll let you guys go. There are four pitchers I want to talk about. One of them, big hat tip to Chris Towers. Hey, I got to say, Heath calling, uh, talking about Brad Keller. Chris talking about Ryan Barucki before he even made his first start. 
Uh, let's go there, Chris. Let's talk about Ryan Barucki. He's 4% owned. I picked him up in a league during his start. Uh, it was very impressive against the Tigers. Seven innings, two hits, no walks, eight strikeouts, 15 swinging strikes. His previous start was six innings, two runs, four walks, three strikeouts at Houston. And Barucki, look, I own him in a daily league now, and I can start him later this week, and I won't against the Yankees. But um, if he does well there, I mean, Barucki's going to have to be owned in more than 4% of leagues. What do you think about him? I think he definitely has to be owned in more than 4% of leagues. Whoever writes the waiver wire column today should, should write about him. I already did. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't think he's got star potential, but the, the numbers in the high minors have been very impressive for someone who hasn't really gotten a lot of prospect love. And, um, last night was, was awesome. The first start wasn't quite as good, but the stuff I think has been a little better than I expected, which, Seems to happen a lot with this player type, and and the thing that's most impressive, I think, is, you know, he barely threw his curveball in that first start, uh, only six times. Last night, I mean, it was, I guess it's classified as either a curveball or a slider, maybe it's a slurve, but he threw 15 of them, he got three swinging strikes with his breaking ball. That's a good sign, uh, because he didn't seem confident in it the first time out, and last night it looked like he had three pretty good pitches going. Ryan Barucki, still 4% owned for the Blue Jays, and again, gets the Yankees this weekend. Would you guys rather have Ryan Barucki or Max Freed? Freed. Yeah, Freed. So give me a standout, one of you. I will say that uh, reports of Carlos Martinez's demise were greatly exaggerated. Yeah, we talked about it after his last bad start. We said now's a good time to buy low. He's had two very good starts in a row. Very encouraged. We totally trust him. Uh, how about Madison Bumgarner? I, I got, I don't remember what I said about Bumgarner, but I've been called out. I think I said he's like a high end number two. I think you said he's not an ace anymore. Okay. Yeah. I mean, what's I, his velocity like on the broadcast? I don't know. I haven't been watching, <laughs> but that's, that not, that's so not funny. That's what a jerk. Mean. Yeah. That's just mean. That, no, that I mean, just... but I, I do think you look at, Bumgarner and and still like okay, obviously Scherzer, Sale, Kluber ahead of him. You got to put Severino ahead of him, right? So that's four. Uh, is he in that group? Is Jacob Degrom ahead of him? Is Clayton Kershaw ahead of him? He's just not getting the strikeouts or the swinging strikes of a truly elite fantasy pitcher. He's still going to be top, pro- probably top ten. But yeah. is he in that group of those true of those elite five or six aces, however many I th- there are? And see, no. I think that's a difference because Scott White would made the argument, I think, the beginning of this year and last year, that the t- ace tier was like 18 starting pitchers deep. And so by Scott White's definition of an ace, Madison Bumgarner is definitely an ace. He's a I've got him 13th right now in my rest of season rankings. Right. He was he was never in the Chris Sale. Like, he never had a season as good as the best seasons of That's true. Chris Sale, Max Scherzer. Even Luis, Luis Severino last year, I think, was probably better than the best Ma- uh, Madison Bumgarner season that we've seen. Just because of the strikeouts. He had one season uh, yeah, with it was something approaching an elite strikeout rate. But, he, yeah, he threw 215 innings three years in a row, 226 in 2016. The problem is, and I don't know, maybe we just didn't take it seriously enough, is if he was coming off a significant shoulder injury that had happened while he was pitching, I think we probably would have looked at him and said, well, there's a chance Madison Bumgarner just never comes back to the level that he was at prior to the injury. But since it happened falling off an ATV, I think there might have been... We we might not have taken it as seriously in terms of the long-term ramifications, Mm -hmm. and maybe we should have. And that doesn't mean that he's not good, but you you throw last year in with this year, He's got a 313 ERA over 149 innings. It's not bad. It's just the strikeout rate. And yeah. to clarify, we should probably give him more credit for his 2016 season. He was the number four starting pitcher, Bumgarner, in 2016. 15 and nine with a 274 ERA, 251 strikeouts in 226 and two third, and a 103 whip. Um, Bumgarner, maybe he was never in the super ace tier, but he was always the next guy, right? Like so reliable and just awesome. Maybe just maybe there are a few pitchers who have passed him, but yesterday proved because at Colorado would be the only time you'd even consider it. Yesterday proved you are never sitting Madison Bumgarner, who by the way had was scoreless through six innings. I believe he came out in the seventh, put a couple runners on, 
the bullpen, I, I believe, gave up the runners, and he ended up with three runs, two earned, but uh, five strikeouts against Colorado, and they strike out their 20th and strikes out strikeouts per game. So, all right, uh, you're never sitting Madison Bumgarner. He's really, really good. Heath has him 13th. I'm curious to know, like, who are like the three pitchers ahead of Bumgarner in your rankings? Um, Paxton. Oh. Carrasco. Mm. Strasburg. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, if Strasburg was pitching right now, I would feel better about that. I'd have to take Bumgarner um, over Strasburg. Yeah, rest of the season, I think I would take Bumgarner. Um, Carrasco's an interesting one. Guess what I'd do? You would put Carrasco like 30th. Yeah, no, I'd put him like, like 20th. But I'd take Bumgarner over him. And I would take, and I, but I would take Paxton over him. But there's also a group of pitchers right behind those guys that I think you could make, you could make the argument that Blake Snell should be a top 10 starting pitcher right now. Absolutely. I've got him 15th. Yeah. Um, you could make the argument that I'm ranking Noah Syndergaard at 16 too low. But. Or too high. <laughs> yeah. I would take Noah Syndergaard over Madison Bumgarner. Let's get, I would like Syndergaard to actually get back before I do that. That's the thing is, well, yeah, but Steven Strasburg's ahead of him. So. And I, and I wouldn't take Strasburg ahead of him. Right, but that's what I'm, but like, if that's the standard, then I would take, I think Syndergaard's a better pitcher than Madison Bumgarner. But you and I agree that, that we wouldn't rank Strasburg ahead of Bumgarner, so we shouldn't rank Syndergaard ahead of Bumgarner either. You're talking, I think, you're talking to Heath. I think Syndergaard's probably better than Strasburg. I agree. Yeah. Yes, I do too. I, I'm more worried about Syndergaard coming back, I guess. Okay. It's just a fingy injury. Yeah, it's it's just an injury it's that keeps it's just a getting thing. It's just back. a little thingy. He'll be fine. All right, so look, we think Carlos Martinez is fine. We think Madison Bumgarner is an absolute must-start. What do we think about Robbie Ray, who had a very good start at the Marlins, six innings, uh, six scoreless innings at the Marlins coming off the DL, but yesterday he got roughed up against St. Louis. Five innings for Robbie Ray, nine hits, six wa- uh, six runs, one walk, seven strikeouts. I am so backwards with Robbie Ray that I feel like the one walk, seven strikeouts is encouraging, and the six runs I don't care as much about. Uh, but he, because he said he said he felt like he made good pitches, and they just hit them. But uh, Robbie Ray has a 145 whip and a 489 ERA. Does he deserve to be 97 percent owned? I believe he is still Robbie Ray. Which means what though? Exactly. <laughs> like the last three years, Robbie Ray's Sierra has been three five nine, three five three, three three three, and that's this year's three three three. His XFIP the last three years has been three four five, three four nine, three three nine. The yeah. results have been wildly different. Mm-hmm. But I have like I don't know why he had a two sixty seven Babip last year and was three fifty two and three forty nine the other two years. Where's he in your rankings, Robbie Ray? Uh, he is just outside of the top 25, right around 30, 27th. So, so I would say this about Robbie Ray. He is definitely not a pitcher that who I expect to outperform his peripherals. He did it last year. Uh, but for his career, he is about a third of a run worse in ERA than FIP. And we're talking about 531 innings. I Like most pitchers, I, I mostly expect him to just pitch to his... FIP or Sierra or like pick whichever one. He should be about a four year. Yeah, for his career. And I I think now his true talent level has improved enough because he's gotten his control at least a little better that I think he's probably a mid to high three ZRA guy with a ton of strikeouts. He's a valuable pitcher. I just don't think he's an ace. Another guy who pitched yesterday that's behind him in the rankings. I know that it's tough. Look, uh, it's tough to maintain rankings. uh, So just cut Heath and Scott some slack. And you're uh, gonna keep doing this. No, I just want to know how you feel about this. Would you move <laughs> I appreciate it. would you move uh Alex Wood? He's thirty eighth. He's kind of bounced back from a little bit of a rough stretch. Would you move him ahead of Robbie Ray? I I think Alex Wood is certainly a lot more dependable than Robbie Ray, but he also doesn't have the upside of Robbie Ray. So how would you See, rank that's, him? That's the problem with Alex Wood, is I don't and I listen, I did not go the Scott White route and just write Alex Wood off. But I don't feel like he's dependable. You don't? Anytime Alex Wood pitches, I feel like there's a 10-day DL stay right around the corner. Oh, okay. Um, 
And I don't see the upside that Robbie Ray has. So I've got Wood about 10 spots behind him in the rankings, around 38th. I could see moving him as high as 31st, 32nd. But I still, I was, I, I would still rather have Nick Pavetta. I think this brings up an interesting question. What do we mean when we say upside? Robbie Ray is going to get more strikeouts. I think Alex Wood and Robbie Ray are probably going to allow roughly the same amount of runs. And well, Ray strikes out a lot more batters. But, but, but well, I don't Ray's know. Why whip is going to be significantly yeah, worse much. than Alex Wood's. Alex Wood, even in what's been a pretty disappointing season, has a 115 whip. Why do you think they're going to allow the same amount of runs? Like, I feel like Alex because, Wood has been a low threesy or low, you know, low because the they're, guy. they're defense independent pitching stats that we mostly believe are more predictable than ERA, uh, have been pretty much the same the last three seasons. But and they've I did, both but been in the three five to three seven range. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm giving Ray, uh, I'm giving Wood a little bit too much credit. Okay, he had so one good, really good season. Wood is uh, Wood is better with whip. Ray's better with strikeouts. And uh, I'd like to move on to Kyle Freeland. Last guy I want to talk about here. Kyle Freeland, eighty two percent owned. How is he doing it? A guy who pitches in Colorado and doesn't get a lot of strikeouts. He has a 325 ERA. He threw seven innings, gave up two runs against San Francisco. It's so strange. Kyle Freeland is 82% owned. I would, I've never owned Kyle Freeland. I, I don't even know that I'd pick him up. I don't believe in Kyle Freeland. What is going on here? Should I believe in Kyle Freeland? Yeah, I, I have no interest in Kyle Freeland. Right? Uh, I have, I have more, no interest. I mean, like I wrote about Matt Harvey in the waiver wire yesterday. As someone who like you can use now in two start weeks, I guess I feel the same about Kyle Freeland, but I, 79% on there are many pitchers I would drop. But if you want to know how he's doing it, he has a 264 BABIP against, despite pitching half of his games in the best park for BABIP. Mm-hmm. He has an 80% strand rate, which he's never done before in his career. Uh, he's, he's been very fortunate. And he doesn't have like, he hasn't shown like an outrageous ability to induce infield fly balls or. There's a ground ball guy though. Yeah. Freeland. But. But two just six- a middling ground ball guy, right? Like he has a four fit this year, which is the best of his career. I- sell him, sell him if you can. Yeah, I don't know if anyone's buying, but sell him. All right, did uh, we'll, we'll get to we'll get some other standouts. The Dodgers were standouts last night. Chris Towers was a standout last week. He did a great job hosting, and I haven't had a chance to speak to him since then on the air. So I just want to give you two things that you did that I hated when you hosted. Okay. Good. I've got a whole list for you too, buddy. <laughs> if All there's right. anything no I know about Chris, it's that he accepts criticism very, just, very just openly. Just wait. Obviously, just wait for the airing of grievances. Obviously, these are not going to be like legit grievances. What number one? You gave a stat about John Lester. You said that his the difference between his FIP and his ERA was the biggest difference since 1900. Uh. I gave you that stat the night before. I emailed it to you. I'm pretty sure I, you, I cited you. You did absolutely not give okay. me credit for that stat. All right. So I cited you on something else you emailed me about. Wait. So when you kind of help produce a show that you're not going to be on, you expect the host to cite the producer that gives the stats on every stat? This was different. This that was seems something like it that would I, make radio programs really bad. This was something that I emailed. Like this was this was different. Oh, it was. Oh, it was email. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> to him and Scott. And the second thing you said, I swear, uh-huh. dude, you've got some real wacky opinions. This is the dumbest of the dumb. You oh, said, good. oh, good, coming from you, keeping the faith. Is a good oh, movie a that movie. holds up. Great movie. That is one of the worst Ben Stiller movie. movies. I thought you were going to say Heavyweights holds up. Oh, Keeping the faith is, is great. Garbage. Heavyweights is good. Heavyweights uh, is good. That's a Judd Apatow production. It's a very good movie. Oh, but Keeping man. Faith holds up. No, it doesn't. And now Check I can I can finally d- delete these two things that I wanted to say to Chris from my cell phone. I've had them in for the last <laughs> six days. Uh, all right, all right, guys. Um, oh, I'm sorry. You feel free to air your grievances. Go ahead. You're a jerk. Yeah, apparently. Hey, you know what we have coming up today? We've got uh, we've got sc- uh, classes in session, schools in session. What the hell am I saying? Let's play some music. I don't know this one. Poison? What movie is this from? Back to School? Yes, correct. 
with Rodney Dangerfield. I don't know who sings it. It says Jude Cole. I don't know if that's true or not. But back to school. We're going to grade some trades later today, and we're going to do it on our mailbag show on July 4th. Oh, the Dodgers were awesome yesterday. Let's talk about Chuck Peterson, Max Muncie, Cody Bellinger, and Matt Kemp. Chuck Peterson, Max Muncie, who is now eligible at first base, second base, third base, and outfield. Yes, Max Muncie is second base eligible. Cody Bellinger, uh, he has, you know, he's come alive. He's definitely doing better lately. And Matt Kemp was in a bit of a slump. He has now homered in two straight games. He went five for five yesterday. Uh, let's start at Chris first. Chris, how would you rank these da- dazzling Dodgers rest of season? Bellinger, Muncie, Kemp, Peterson. Heath. Any yes. Disagreement? I agree with Chris's ranking. I do kind of want to rank Peterson ahead of Matt Kemp. I think there, I still feel like there's a chance the wheels just completely fall off the Matt Kemp train at any moment. But they haven't yet. He's on fire again. I thought they were. I, I agree with you. Because you know the uh, batting average. He can't hit 323. And he still, no. still has bad plate discipline. So I thought he was going to fall off completely. And he's had a pretty bad June. But nice start to July. That's for sure. Now, is there – okay, what do you guys think about Max Muncy? Max Muncy has not been talked about enough on this show. He, like I said, quadruple eligible, three homers in his last five games. I mean, it's almost like what we were doing with Chris Taylor last year, except he's even better, I'd say. Well, and the thing is, with with eligibility at all of those spots, one, it makes it really annoying whenever I want to move him up or down in my rankings <laughs> because I have to do it at like five different spots. But more importantly to the fantasy owner, we talk about how, well, this guy's must start. But there's a good chance that you just have a player at his position that's better than him. It's hard to say that with Max Muncy because you have a second baseman better than him, a third baseman better than him, a first baseman better no, than him, and three outfielders. He's must start. He's yeah. definitely must start. It's been – I've had a hard time adjusting because I, I didn't really buy it at first. But it's hard to see what not to buy. Right. The walk rate is incredible. The contact looks phenomenal. The home runs, he's probably not going to hit home runs at this rate for the rest of the year. He has a 30% home run to fly ball ratio. But, but he's got a 48% hard contact yeah, rate. Yeah. And he's, I think, 20th in average exit velocity on, he's sorry, 35th in the majors in average exit velocity on line drives and fly balls. He's like fifth in barrels per plate appearance uh, behind J.D. Martinez, Teoscar Hernandez, Mookie Betts, and Joey Gallo. It, well, he I w- hits the ball really, really hard, really consistently. I was going to say, it's kind of like if Joey Gallo cut his strikeouts in third and walked twice as often. So let me give you a name in each position. And was second base eligible. Would you rather have Muncie or Gallo? Muncie. Muncie. Muncie or, well, this I think is going to be easy. M- Moncada. Muncie. Muncie. Right, let me move up the inside. I've got to make sure that I've got him uh, high enough in my rankings to make all these proclamations, but. How about Muncie or Segura? Segura. Segura. Muncie or Mustakas? Muncie. Muncie. Muncie or top 30 outfielder. Who am I going to go with? Who am I going to go with here? Muncie or – give me an outfielder. <laughs> I don't know why I struggle with this. Michael Brantley. Yeah, all right. Muncie or Brantley. Brantley. Okay. Brantley. Muncie mm-hmm. or, or Adam Eaton? I would take Muncie. Muncie. All righty. Adam Eaton not running at all. He has led off in four straight games, though. I have a segment. I hope we can get He's to never going to score a run if he doesn't run. <laughs> I mean, I guess a home run. That's true. Their lineup stinks. Um, all right, so we got news and notes for you. The lineup stinks right now. Right now. Uh, no, I was just making a joke, Adam. I didn't hear it. Just probably. You did hear it. You responded to it. You just didn't get it. No, I, I really didn't hear it. I figured it was something about. He's never going to score a run if he doesn't run. Oh, that. I heard that. Yeah. I heard that. <laughs> um, well, here's an awkward part of the show. All right, we got news and notes to get to. Too good to drop. Quick round of emails at fantasybaseballcbsi.com. You know we're doing grade the trade. Probably should talk about Rick Porcello. By the way, Luis Severino has passed Max Scherzer as the number one starting pitcher in points league. Scherzer's still number one in Roto. 
Uh, and, you know, there are a lot of teams out there that need, let's say, middle relief help. They need starting rotation help. They need something. They should use, instead of, you know, trades or whatever, they should just use ZipRecruiter because ZipRecruiter is the best way to get qualified candidates for your job and to get those candidates very quickly. You know, challenge, uh, it, hiring, excuse me, can be very challenging. It's hard to find the qualified candidates and it takes a very long time and there are so many applicants. So ZipRecruiter's gonna make it easy at ziprecruiter.com slash strike. And that's how you can try it for free, by the way, at ziprecruiter.com slash strike. ZipRecruiter.com slash S-T-R-I-K-E. Um, ZipRecruiter's awesome. It sends your job. It's like you got a job that you need filled. Sends it to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. And they don't stop there. ZipRecruiter has powerful matching technology, scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience, invites them to apply for your job. And that's why it's great because it goes out and finds the right people for you. It's so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. 80% takes just one day. That's why ZipRecruiter is the highest rated hiring site in America. USA, baby. ZipRecruiter.com. Try it for free with ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, Danny Sars out for the season. He's having shoulder surgery. Shane Green's on the DL. Joe Jimenez. I'm going to say players' names, and you tell me how interested you are in adding them. Joe Jimenez, 24% owned. Chris already did add him, and I do think he is the most likely next closer but I, I'm his first performance. I mean, he uh, is the closer in the role. Was not impressive. Three walks and a hit allowed. I uh, gave up a run. I just my question is not whether he's the closer right now. It's whether he's the closer in two weeks when Shane Green's back. I I really don't think so. Okay, and Jimenez yeah. had uh, three bad outings in his last four, but he had allowed one earned run over his previous twenty appearances. Okay, next up, Byron Buxton was is off the DL but sent to AAA. How interested are you in having Byron Buxton on your team? Not at all. Unless I, if I have a minor spot, but yeah, I I could see in a five outfielder roto league having him as like your worst hitter on your bench, but it's not. I, I would have to have a spot for him. That's Buxton. Jorge Polanco back from suspension. How interested are you in him? He was like four or five percent owned last time I looked, and so I'm interested in him in a lot of deeper leagues. Jorge Polanco, Matt Adams could be back tomorrow. How interested are you in Matt Adams? Not very. Brad Miller has been leading off for Milwaukee four games in a row, or maybe five games in a row. Uh, Brad Miller, how interested are you in him? Has a hit in eight of nine games with the Brewers. Also has a five thirty six BABIP with the <laughs> Brewers. I am interested in Brad Miller in NL only, but I don't think this is a long-term thing. Eloy Jimenez has an abductor muscle strain. He's expected to miss about two weeks, Eloy Jimenez. Uh, Luis Castillo was watching the broadcast, and the announcer was saying that they're trying to get him to to push off more with his legs and keep his glove and elbow higher during his delivery. And Castillo had a very good start yesterday, so... Maybe just needs a minor mechanical change. And that's somebody we've been talking about a lot. I understand if you don't want to start him, but it's definitely a guy to stash, Luis Castillo. He's about 75% owned. Uh, Ned Yost said Jake Junis' problem is with his slider. Seems to think it can be fixed, but certainly it's hard to trust uh, Jake Junis. He's given up like 24 home runs or something crazy. Jonathan Luizaga was sent to AAA. He could be back for a doubleheader on Monday, but so could Tanaka. And I, I think Luizaga's time might be up. Plus, he's got an innings limit. Yeah. How interested are you in owning Jonathan Luizaga? Can we drop him? Yep. Yep. Okay. Arodis Viscaino could be back today. Stephen Wright could be back before the All-Star break. Bryce Harper took ground balls at first base, but that could just for like an emergency situation. Lonnie Chisenhall's on the DL. Christian Yelich sat again. Ketel Marte did not start, but he did enter the game. And fellas, oh, I don't have the welcome back Cotter music queued up. AJ, Welcome back. Thank you. I don't know any of the other words. Um, AJ Pollock's back. That was surprising. Yeah, he came back quickly. Had a very, very quick rehab assignment. Of course, after lineups locked. To, remi- uh, annoying. to remind yeah. everyone, Pollock is batting 286 with 11 home runs and 9 steals in 41 games. He has sort of changed his hitting profile. What do we expect from AJ Pollock going forward? 
he changed his hitting profile quite a bit. He was a uh, fly ball revolution guy, and it was really working out for him. He was hitting the ball harder than he ever had, uh, hitting it in the air more, but not just that, also hitting you know, more line drives. It wasn't just fly balls. And um, I think he's very, I think he's a must start player moving forward. The only question for me is health. He's had a bunch of freak injuries the last couple of years. Max Muncie or AJ Pollock? Pollock. Ooh. I, I, I think Pollock. Just a reminder. He was on a 40, 40 pace basically before his injury. He wasn't going to do that, but that's how good he was. And in 2015, he was one of the best players in baseball. I mean, while. you just put together 2017 and 2018, 153 games, 25 homers, 29 steals. That's, he's very good, and that's without accounting for the fact that he's probably going to hit for more power. Heath, uh, Michael Brantley or A.J. Pollock? Brantley. Well, I'll say this. Some A.J. Pollock. Oh, come on. Why do you take so long, Cotter? Welcome back. Let's listen to the lyrics. Your dreams were your ticket out. God, so profound. Tweet of the day is from James. Let's hear some Williams Ostudio talk on the pod tomorrow. Williams Ostudio. Oh, is that Sue Studio? Very nice. Ostudio. He is batting 455 so far with one triple in 11 at bats. He is fun to watch. He is Kind of the most plucky. interesting, the the most interesting man in baseball. He's on the Twins. Williams Estadio, and the, yeah, he is a catcher, first baseman, left fielder, second baseman, third baseman, center fielder. He's five foot nine, two hundred and twenty five pounds, so he's pudgy. Let's say, yeah, he is. He sure is, and, and apparently he, not good at any of those positions defensively. And he never strikes out. Is he ever. fantasy relevant, Williams Estadio? So, the people who cover the Twins seem to believe that he could be sent down any day now, which is disappointing because I think he absolutely could be fantasy relevant. In uh, 85 career games at AAA, he's hit 11 homers, stolen six bases, hit 311, 14 strikeouts in 85 games. He has 76 career strikeouts in 609 career minor league games. He just does not strike out. He doesn't walk either. Uh, he's going to put the ball in play. He's going to make things happen. The bar at catcher is so low that if he stays, I think he's, I think he's very much in the number two con- catcher conversation with number one catcher upside. I really like his skill set. His average on base percentage and BABIP are all the same. And I would not be surprised if that stays that way for a while. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, like, yeah, that's just, he just doesn't, he does not walk or strike out. But since getting to AAA, he started to hit for a little more power, and we've seen guys come up to the majors and hit for a little more power. I think he could hit 290 in the majors with 12 to 15 homers. All right. Catcher, that's pretty valuable. Yeah. See where they, where they stick him. Okay. Email of the day is from Ben in Pennsylvania. Guys, the best TV theme song is definitely Sanford and Son with Simon and Simon and Magnum PI close behind. No, no, it's, it's a hazard. No, Sanford and Son uh, is really good. That's right. Yeah, great yeah, Simpsons it's scene with amazing. that song. Uh, it's Growing Pains or Cheers. I mean, those two are like the kings. Just a good old boy. Uh, Cheers. Come on. Cheers, probably. Dukes um, of Hazard's good, Heath. It's good. You know, but I don't know the Magnum PI theme song. Um. Sorry. Isn't it like the Pink Panther? Shouldn't that be it? Let's not forget about... I mean, there are very few rec- more recognizable than Bonanza. Uh, Speed Racer. Speed Racer's good. That's a good call. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, I'm going to throw something at you that's not in the notes. Something that I meant to put in the notes that I forgot about. So I apologize for that. But I think it's important. So let's take some time. Cause here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you guys what happened. Scott and I read this email on Friday, and I thought it was just one of the worst segments we've ever done. It was about six minutes of us, uh, uh, I don't know, it was awful. The email was this, I'm sorry I forgot who it was from, but you were Wait, email of the So day it was terrible point. and we're doing it again? We're gonna do it better. Cause I'm prepared, sort of. 
without telling us about it beforehand. I think you guys can handle it. We just didn't do it very well. And Scott could have handled it too. We just, we screwed it up. Um, so I, I took it out. I edited it out of the show. Um, the question was, which closers are going to get traded and who should we stash now? Who will become closers by the trade deadline? This is the perfect question to answer with no preparation. But I think we can do it. All right. Well, we start with the Marlins and here's the, the Marlins bear claw is going to get traded, but I think Steckenrider is going to get traded too. I think Brad Ziegler is going to end up being their closer again. What do you think? Uh, that is certainly possible and I, w- I would not care. Yeah, that's the thing. The, the other thing we discovered in this exercise is that you might not care about the guys who are becoming closers. We looked at Oakland and whether or not Blake Trinan might get moved, which is a possibility, and who would it be? I think you're talking about Lou Trevino and Santiago Casilla as the guys. And Trevino's been pretty good. Trevino's been awesome so far, and, I mean, Blake's been trying to get traded all year. <laughs> Why do I laugh? I mean, it is funny, but it's also like encouraging him, which I, it's fun. I like it. So, okay. So those are two guys. Anyone else jump out at y'all? Joaquin Soria, especially if he keeps pitching like he has over the last month. Uh-huh. I'd say Soria would be likely to get traded and that would, I would assume make Nate Jones a closer again. Uh, Brad Hand is probably one of the more likely closers to get traded, and Kirby Yates has been really awesome for the Padres this season. Point seven nine uh, ERA, ten point nine K per nine. Now the the career is much worse, four point oh six ERA, but he's always had a lot of strikeouts, so maybe he's figuring it out. Pirates guys, anybody on the Pirates? Uh, would Felipe? I, I I don't know if Felipe Vasquez is particularly likely to get traded, but Kyle Crick has been very good. What about Felipe Rivero? Isn't it Felipe Vasquez now? It's Vasquez now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was making a joke. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm trying to bring something to the segment. No, you yeah, I, think, I, I, I believe me, this is much better than it was on Friday. Much better. Um yeah, I'm sorry, Chris, go ahead. Yeah, Kyle Crick has been very good for the Pirates, a former top pitching prospect. Um Edgar Santana has been okay, but he doesn't have the strikeout upside that Kyle Crick does. So if Felipe Vasquez got traded, that that's possible. But I, given that they signed him to a big extension in the offseason, I think it's unlikely. I, mean, I guess we have to consider the possibility that Rysel Iglesias sure. gets traded and Jared Hughes has already earned some saves in that bullpen. Yep, and I think Fernando Rodney could get traded. And Addison Reed's been pretty bad, and maybe he makes his way back to that spot, but Trevor Hildenberger is having a pretty good year. Rodney's blown two straight saves. He was on a real nice run before that. Jerry's Familia, pretty likely to get traded. That's a situation, though, like, I don't know, what, Gazelman? What do they have, Swarzak? That's Swarzak, a messy yeah. one. That's a messy one. Uh, I'll tell you, I'm guess, looking at... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Gazelman's been very good at it. No, he hasn't. He I'm was looking very at, good for a uh, while. I'm looking at St. Louis. And I'm looking at Bud Norris, and they're not out of it yet. I mean, they're five and a half out of first place. It's a pretty bunched-up division. Eh, it's fairly bunched-up, the top three teams. But they are not really that good, I don't think. They're having a kind of a frustrating stretch. So if they fall out of it, I think St. Louis could be sellers, and I think Hicks could end up as a closer there. Um, yeah, and he's actually getting strikeouts over the last – uh Probably call it month and a half. Uh, last 18 appearances, he has a 305 ERA, but 26 strikeouts and 20 and two thirds. That's more what we were hoping to see from him. Okay. All right. Th- that honestly, that was so good. <laughs> good job, guys. And uh, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's see what we're gonna do. Let's. Uh, let, let me ask you if these guys are too good to drop. By the way, we have Team Name Tuesday coming up. Are they too good to drop? For the 15th time in this week already, Adam Eaton, four straight games batting leadoff. He's 87% owned. Is he too good to drop? He's too good to drop unless you're adding someone that we think should be must-own and is not owned in all leagues. Okay, it's got to be really, really good player. Uh Rafael Devers, he went 0-4 yesterday with two strikeouts, but in his thir- 13 games before that, Devers was batting 327 with four home runs and a 974 OPS. However, one walk, nine strikeouts. Uh, the ESPN broadcast on Sunday night did show a pretty nice side-by-side comparison of Devers and how he changed his batting stance with a little help from J.D. Martinez. 
and it seems to be helping. Is Rafael Devers, though, is he too good to drop? The overall number is not very good. Devers. I would say yes. Yeah, he he hasn't been what we hoped he would be, but like the last month, he's hitting 284 with an 815 OPS, five homers, four steals. So, yeah, I think he's too good to drop. And he has 19 doubles in 83 games, which is nice. That's Devers. Daniel Murphy, 97% owned. He homered yesterday, but he has really struggled, batting 203 in 17 games. Is Daniel Murphy too good to drop? Too good to drop? Probably can't start him. Yep. Is Andrew McCutcheon too good to drop? Yeah, of course he is. Why? He's had terrible luck, and he's still a top 40 outfielder. He's basically as good as Aaron Hicks this year in terms of fantasy production. He's better than Aaron Hicks. I'm just saying he's been... Like, they're close in fantasy production. Yes, Andrew McCutcheon is too good job. I'd rather have him than Adam Eaton. Or Raphael Devers. Okay. He, uh, as I recall, has been one of the hard-hit leaders in baseball. Yes. Uh, he's like 47%. And as I recall, Matt, as I checked last week, Matt Olson is hitting the ball harder than anyone in baseball. I don't know if that's still the case, but... Yes, when he hits it. When he hits it. <laughs> Uh, is Ian Desmond too good to drop? He's 84% owned. He's the 16th best first baseman in points, but he's 8th best in Roto. Uh, he's too good to drop because there's probably one person in your league who doesn't go to fan graphs and doesn't know about his home run to fly ball rate, and you could trade him to that guy. <laughs> like, Ian Desmond has been too lucky to drop so far, and it scares me to say drop him, but I do not think... There's anything that tells us he's going to be a productive fantasy player in the second half. Is Marcel Ozuna too good to drop? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So most of he these had guys been are... like red hot up until recently. Scott and I on the episode I I uh yeah hosted he had been like a I think a top fifteen in OPS over the previous four weeks. So would you say you're keeping the faith in Marcel Ozuna? I'm. Ben Stiller interested. <laughs> I'm going to read a quick round of emails here from No Name. How do you feel about Charlie Morton over the next two or three years? Is he a top 25 starting pitcher? <sighs> he is old. Um, I don't know. It's hard to – yeah. I would bet against it. Charlie Morton, okay, being top 25 over the next two or three years. Subject, uh, this is an email from Scott. The subject, subject was Stroganoff, S-T-R-O-G-A-N-O-F-F. And then he wrote, subject was an autocorrect, but I'm keeping it. I like that. That's, it's bold. Stroganoff. Are we dropping Godly for Strowman? I'm not yet, but it's really close and I would not begrudge you making that decision. Yeah, I would, I would, I would hope you have a less interesting pitcher than Godly, but I think Strowman will be better. Do you know what Stroganoff is? Um, yeah, no, it's a delicious meal. Um, I don't know what the sauce that is used, but it's a white sauce, get a little sour creamy ish. Okay. So not at all what I was thinking. Hamburger, uh, ground beef. Yeah. I was thinking like a bolognese and, uh, noodles and it may be the noodles that are actually called stroganoff. Okay. Yeah. I've never had stroganoff. It's a Russian dish. Apparently, uh, Blake in Santa Barbara, dear Lord, Nelson and Scott. That's yeah, those are all Byrons, they are. and my name's actually Brian, not Byron, and I'm tired of people calling me. Brian. I honestly like, I like do your like schedule, right. like when you request days off, and like I approve your right. your expenses and stuff. Until like yesterday, I was looking at it and I was like, "Wait, it's Brian?" Yeah, I always thought it was when Byron. we flew to Minneapolis, my ticket both ways said Byron, and the person <laughs> at the gate didn't notice. Wow. That's Wow, that's Yeah, that's bad. You're admitting to uh to flying under a false name. That's pretty yeah. Arrest heat. Uh what's up with Charlie Blackman? Is he hurt? Does he need some time on my roto bench in favor of Michael Taylor? Is that ludicrous? What's up with Charlie Blackman? I, I think it's probably ludicrous. I, I don't I don't see much reason to believe that there's been like a skill diminishment with him. Um so I yeah, I think he's gonna be just fine. And from Brian, I spite-dropped Jake Junis in a 12-team AL-only league tonight after his abhorrent start. I will not sit idly by with the Red Sox looming next for Junis. I picked up Brian Johnson as a streamer. I'm contending in this league. What you think? You're contending for the dumbest roster move of the year. I mean, 
spite drops are bad. Like th- this is something that I, I I tweeted about recently. There should never be like, there's always like, I'm never drafting that guy again. That's that's dumb. Spite dropping is is silly. Like it's it's not. It can be cathartic, but in terms of like the process by which you want to use to succeed in fantasy sports, it's it's not. Logical. And I would like to apologize to Brian. I generally try not to stoop to the Chris Towers, Adam Azer level of calling people dumb or stupid. Me? Um, yes. You literally, 15 minutes ago, we're talking about how dumb Chris was. Well, Chris, yeah, but I wouldn't say it to the listeners. But, <laughs> and I've, I'm lower on Jake Junis than I think Scott is, but not in a 12 team. Yeah, and not for Brian Johnson. Yeah. Uh, although if, if Brian Johnson is pitching against the Royals this weekend, I would rather start him than Jake Junis against the Red Sox. Uh, sure. That's, that's another, uh, another band that's better than, uh, than Aerosmith and Bon Jovi. What the hell are you ACDC. talking about? Brian Johnson, I believe, oh, is the, oh. wasn't there? Well, I thought you were going to say Boston. ACDC basically has one song. Aerosmith is just, basically Boston. It, <laughs> it's team name Tuesday. You jerk. Uh it's team name Tuesday. We've got A to the Rizzo. A to the Rizzo? I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh don't get mad, get Vlad. Sure. And I can't do a Mr. Rogers impression, but it would sound something like, Won't you be my glaber? Why would you talk in that voice for Mr. Rogers? I don't, I've never, I've never once seen Mr. Rogers. I just kind of feel like, hey neighbor. So you haven't, have you watched the, the trailer for the documentary? No. Cause it, it, it got to me. I gotta admit. Really? Made me very emotional. Won't you be my glaber? Uh, we have Minter is coming. Sure. And, oh, a Gin Blossoms reference. Whistler's at the bus stop! Yeah, Whistler, yeah. Whistler, uh huh. Yeah, uh, from Matt Whistler. Uh huh. I guess he's and a, then found he's, out he's about, a player worthy of a gin blossom name. And then you continue it. I found out about you. <laughs> yeah, that's an easy one. Yeah. Uh, Rambo John Jay. Rambo. So I think Ram, I don't get Rambo's it at all. name. Ram, Rambo for Rambo's name is John James Rambo or something like that. Yeah, I've never seen Rambo. Wow, any of them? It's good. Wow. Uh, and yeah. then. This one is only for people who bizarrely insist in playing in two catcher leagues. Yasmani ground ball, Tyler flyouts. Not great, I know, but you gotta admit it's better than that weird Yasmani money, t- money thing he's kept harping on. <laughs> oh, not at all. That is still my team name in a league. <laughs> we got great the trade coming up. But, um, I'm gonna save this segment here for the mailbag. It's called, hey, just in case you're not aware, we're gonna save that for the mailbag. And we're going to go to two up real quick. We have two outfielders who are hitting well, and they are about 50% owned. Who would you rather own, Scott Schebler or Avi Garcia? They were both in the waiver wire column this morning. I think both should be owned in more leagues than they are. I will say I like Scott Schebler slightly more. He walks more. He strikes out less. They're both making incredible contact with the ball. And there's no reason to sit Scott Schebler against lefties. He's got an OPS over 900 against him this year. Three-man rotation. We trust Carlos Martinez. We talked about Alex Wood. Do you trust Rick Porcello every time out? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it, it depends on what the word trust means. But yes, at every time. Do you trust like, him to hit a double, a bases clearing? Yeah, that's what we, we should be talking about is his batting prowess. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully uh, no pitchers have to do that again after this year. Um, No, you don't start Rick Porcello at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, okay. Uh, how about fringy starting pitchers? Do you want any of these guys? Brent Suter, Nate, Nathan Evaldi, Luis Castillo, Kyle Gibson, Jake Junis, Nick Kingham. I want Castillo, Gibson, Evaldi in that order, and that's probably it. Yeah, I would put Junis in the same group as Gibson and Evaldi. Um, and it's all good for me at this point going to be matchup based unless you're in an AL only league. Um, but I think Evaldi has the Mets next, so he may be the most interesting. I'm such a homer, right? I'm such a homer. Jake Judas has a 513 ERA and 24 homers allowed this year. 
I've had him ranked lower than Scott all year long. And in in fairness, Luis Castillo is a 553 ERA. Okay. It's Although, why be fair? <laughs> Idiot. All right, so we like uh, Castillo, <laughs> Evaldi, Gibson, and Junis. Not so much interested in Brent Suter and Nick Kingham. Yeah, I mean, that was awful. Uh, yeah, I think just you shouldn't have Kingdom yet. Exactly. And uh, what's what's yeah, I, I'm interested in him, but not to add right now. Junis has Boston this weekend, but he does have the, the White Sox on the road next week. I don't know if anybody's going to trust him, but he does have that matchup. Deeper leagues, any interest in Mike Fires, Anibal Sanchez, or James Shields? Uh, Anibal Sanchez is the only one I have interested in, uh, just because he's smart. Oh, and Wei Yin Chen as well. I forgot about him, but we don't care, right? No. No. Okay, so it's time for a little musical interlude here, as we will get one of the better Rodney Dangerfield movies queued up. Back to school. Let's create some trades. This is from Devin, aka Lloyd Christmas. Heath, what movie is Lloyd Christmas in? I know this. Move on. Alright. <laughs> Dumb and Dumber. Uh, I tra- uh, terrible movie. I traded Edwin Encarnacion, I'm not taking the bait. Edwin Encarnacion <laughs> for Matt Olson. Gave up Encarnacion, got Matt Olson. A movie almost as bad as this trade. <laughs> D minus. Yeah. It's bad. Jack from Dallas, 10-team head-to-head, 12-category league with OBP. Gave up Shaw and Leak, so it's 10-team league. Gave up Travis Shaw and Mike Leak, got Kyle Seeger and Patrick Corbin. B+. plus. My only thing is, I don't really know a 10-team head-to-head category category league. Is Kyle Seeger... It, it's Why? basically Travis Shaw for Patrick Corbin because Seager and Leak are, are very much droppable in that format. Yeah, I, I'll give it a B minus. Are we worried about Travis Shaw? We have to be a little bit, right, with the wrist injury? Yeah, the only thing that made me feel better was like his very first game back, he hit a ball 101 miles an hour. He's, he's batting like 230. Yeah, he's had some bad, bad at ball luck this year. Uh, from Go Gators. Every time you email, I, I hate myself for reading it, Go Gators. Just want you to know that. Head to head points league. This is a trade made by two podcast listeners. Uh, we give up Skaggs, Keichel, and Travis Shaw. Skaggs, Keichel, and Travis Shaw for Lorenzo Kane and Anthony Rendon. Well, Go Gators. Um, I think Go Gators made a B plus Trade. Me too. Again, go Gators. B Stop plus. saying go Gators. <laughs> I I want to get I want to get anything I can for Dallas Keuchel, which probably doesn't make sense because his value is so low right now. But I just I've completely lost faith in him. I, I and I was his his biggest defender, and he's completely let me down. Yeah, I think this has a lot less to do with Keuchel and more to do with how much do you believe in Tyler Skaggs? Because Tyler Skaggs has been phenomenal. Uh, yeah, I I kind of do believe in Tyler Skaggs. I just I think Kane and Rendon are the two best players in the deal. Even with Kane dealing with the injury, it, he should be back pretty soon. I I just think that's the that it comes down to that for me. I'm going to give it a a B minus. I think Chris is probably right. I don't know that there's a huge separation between Rendon and Travis Shaw rest of the season. It's if, if Skaggs pitches like this though, I, you might lose the deal. Do you believe in Tyler Skaggs? I'm I'm having more trouble not believing him. He is now a top 40 starting pitcher for me. Keith from Cedar Rapids, Iowa, is in a 12-team head-to-head categories league. Gave up DeGrom and Snell. DeGrom and Snell Jeez. got Mike Trout. Categories league. Huh. I don't think you can grade this without context. I yeah, completely agree. Yeah. I mean, I'll give it a C. I, I, yeah, it, it feels like a, a win. Just any, anytime you're, you're giving up pitching for hitting and it's close to fair, I think it's probably a win for the guy getting hitting just because it's more predictable and less volatile. Let's put it this way. If you're going to trade Mike Trout and he's getting Mike Trout, but if, if there's a deal involving Mike Trout, like DeGrom and Snell is fair. I mean, that's might even be a, a, a haul, you know, I, that's what's got to be on the table in a Trout trade. 
Uh, from Joel, dear Mike, Danny, Peter, and Scott. Mike, Danny, Peter, and Scott. Uh, well, hint, Marvel movie coming out. Yeah. So, I guess that's an Ant-Man reference? I don't know. You I know, think Scott is Ant-Man. I, I don't know anything about Marvel history, but I just feel like they were like, hmm, well, let's see, we did Iron Man, we did this, we did that, what else can we do? Someone's like, how about Ant-Man? And they greenlit it, and that's just so stupid. Ant-Man, are you kidding me? But it was really good. Isn't it Ant-Man and Wasp that's coming out? Ant-Man and the Wasp is coming out. Oh, uh, yeah. Please. Scott Lang is Ant-Man, so uh, at least that one. This is kind of surprising. I Peter would think, Parker. Yeah. I would think that Adam, of all people, would be the most supportive of miniature superheroes. <laughs> I think I'm taller than Chris. Uh, how tall are you? 5'9". I'm 5'9 on my, on every... my driver's license, but I'm 5'10". I was going to say, every short person is 5'9". Yeah, I'm 5'10". I'm five nine on my driver's license, but I think I might be five eight. So uh here's the trade. Give up Springer, get Cindergard and LeMayhew. Springer for Cindergard and LeMayhew. I think that's a C. C minus. How about this one from Marcus? Give up Ben and get Craig Kimbrell in a ten team league. Ben and you had that Kimbrel. backwards. I think it's give up Craig Kimbrell. Get ah, ben yes. Ben give Kimbrell, get Ben Hey. B. And from Max, give Sale and Kella, get Rizzo and Pollock. Sale and Kella for Rizzo, Rizzo and Pollock in a categories league. B. I yeah. Like, I like that trade. That's a good trade. All right, let's look at today's matchups to finish the show. We got Michael Fulmer at the Cubs. Ooh. And, well, and Kyle Hendricks. So Fulmer and Hendricks. I think I got to start Hendricks. Yeah. I'm going to sit Fulmer. Yep. Uh, Jake Odorizzi at Junior Guerra. I, no thank you. Yeah, I would prefer not to start Guerra. Okay, so Brian Johnson is at Washington tonight. He's facing Tanner Roark. Would prefer not to have to start Roark. I'll probably start, I'm starting Roark. Sean Newcomb at Domingo Armand. Would prefer not to start either. I know Newcomb's been awesome in terms of the results, but we're, we're going to get more tweets. Stop acting like the Yankees are a tough matchup. The, well, it, it's not just that. Like, Newcomb, I think, is a really good sell high candidate. The strikeouts have kind of disappeared over the last month or so. Uh, we got Alex Cobb at Zach Eflin. Starting Eflin. Yeah. Yeah. Zach Wheeler at Marco Estrada. I could start Wheeler. I'm very interested in him. Uh, wait, but Estrada is pitching well, and the Mets are one of the best matchups right now. You're not interested there? I'd be on the fence for the record. I'm not interested in Estrada. All right. How about Giolito at DeSclafani? No, thank you. I could see DeSclafani having a good start, but I won't start. Looks like Ryan Yarbrough is a probable starter. That's he nice. is starting. Uh, as we talked about yesterday in the podcast, their game went extra innings. Stanek ah. had to be used last night, so Yarbrough will be starting. Yarbrough at Trevor Richards. I'm starting Yarbrough. I'm starting Yarbrough, yeah. Dallas Keuchel at Austin Biebens Dirks. I'm starting Keuchel. Yeah. Chris Stratton at Senzatella. Antonio no. Senzatella? No, thank you. Uh, Shane Bieber at Danny Duffy. Starting the Biebs. Yeah, I'll start Duffy. Starting Duffy, alright. Clayton Richard at Chris Bassett. Nope. No, no. I just, I'm pretty nervous about starting Duffy in this matchup though. Agreed. That's why I didn't say I would start him. Although, his last two starts have been against Houston and Milwaukee on the road, and both were very good. So, alright, so we got one start and one sit for Duffy. Jack Flaherty at Zank Grinky. You gonna start them both? Yes. Andrew Heaney at Wade LeBlanc. I'm starting Heaney. Yeah, I'll start Heaney. Heaney. I for, what did you say about Clayton Richard and Chris Bassett? Are you starting Richard? No. No. Okay. And finally, Yvonne Nova's at Clayton Kershaw. I'll start Kershaw. I would like to start Clayton Kershaw as well, please. Uh, and I, I want to point out, I said Sean Newcomb's strikeouts have disappeared. He's down to a 19% strikeout rate over his last eight starts. What's a good strikeout rate? Uh, average is about 21%, I think. You can keep going. I'm just playing us uh, out. Okay, yeah. Uh, 19% strikeout rate for Sean Newcomb. The walk rate has been fine, but a little worse than average. I, I would try to sell him if I have a chance. Have you seen this movie, by the way? 
I don't think I have seen that movie. Oh, it's a gem. Heath? I am certain that I have seen it. I am pretty much thinking that I did not enjoy it. Oh, it's the best. Great movie. Back to School is what it was? Yeah, Back to School. Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, I, I'm I'm certain that I saw it. I saw many and, Rodney Dangerfield and movies. And the 80s bad guy from Karate Kid and Just One of the Guys. That guy. All right, we're out. Enjoy your day, everybody. Back to school.